Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another Ainsley's Gold Silver Standard Insights. And if you're new to the show, welcome too. I am Joe, your host. And as always, we have Chris Tipper here to break down the morning's news, which is posted on the Ainsley website. Joining Chris today is Tim Kent from Kent Private Wealth. Now, we've had Tim on the show a number of times before. Really good to have you back, Tim. But as we say, when Tim is always on the show, he is a financial planner licensed through Syra Group. But Anything he says here today, of course, isn't financial advice. Do your own research. You all know that stuff. So interesting story. Overnight, of course, out of the US, we've had the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, released. And it was slightly higher than expected, but the market didn't take it very well. So today's topic is entitled, Wall Street Crashes Most Since COVID Crash Hot CPI Missile Strike. All right, straight over to you, Tim and Chris. Thanks, Joe. Well, what a night it was. In the lead up to the inflation print, markets had been looking at the potential for the Goldilocks scenario where we achieved the seemingly mythical soft landing. It was all going so well, inflation appeared to be slowing down according to some of the early economic indicators. The market was starting to believe that the tightening of monetary policy was the fastest and well, it was the fastest and sharpest rate rising cycle in history and they were starting to believe that actually worked and people were starting to look to a future beyond peak inflation and beyond terminal rates. Then it all came crashing back down to reality with a hotter than expected CPI number that sent shockwaves through the markets, um, resulting in the biggest single day broad-based market sell-off since the COVID crash. This was certainly one of those pivotal market events that we need to understand as the consequences can establish the theme for the months to come. So to help us break it down and work out what happened, what it all means going forward and how we should interpret this through the lens of our investments, we're delighted to have Tim Kent from Kent Private Wealth back to discuss this significant news and response. So thanks for joining us again, Tim. You're welcome. Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, first question, let's, let's start with the numbers. The market was expecting a tenth of a percent fall in inflation but the result was a tenth of a percent rise. These aren't exactly huge numbers when the headline was 8.3% figure. So we're not talking about a very big difference from that, but the market response was swift and decisive. So what was hidden in the breakdown of that headline number that caused such a large and broad-based reaction? Oh, I think it was a case of uh, the market was expecting, like you said, a, the inflation number to come in. I think there was positioning for the inflation number to come in lower. So the market was looking and focusing on the fuel prices and commodities and they had fallen. So there was an expectation that it would be lower based on mm. those inputs that had fallen. But, and also supply chains had loosened. So that was obviously a positive, but the market underestimated rents that had started to obviously started to surge. Mm. And also I think the, the real thing the market was worried about was that obviously service inflation with obviously hotels, travel, that was still staying strong, but also mm. core goods, um, was a surprise to the upside. So given they are staying uh, robustly sort of high, um, the market's worried about inflation feeding into the economy and becoming more, uh, I suppose, sticky. And that was the big thing is that it's sort of now starting to spread deeper, which was the Fed's biggest fear. Well, was a, is a fear. And then mm -hmm. that is now becoming the market's fear. So I think the market was correct how it reacted and the market just got positioned very wrong um, because of their expectations or that everything was going to be fine and it wasn't like you said it wasn't a big thing but it was the what made up that inflation number um, becoming sticky parts of it starting to happen but there is an argument that that the market is looking or those inflation numbers are uh, 
backward looking and not forward. Yep. Um, but when you've got positioning how it is, people are going to react quickly. Um, if I just um, this morning I was talking to someone else who had mentioned oil being down, um, expecting like from their their thoughts, they thought it would be a bigger dip um, or, or that would have been leading to it. So if you've got oil lower and you've still got those sticky inflation numbers, like you said, that's probably not a good setup, is it? No, it's not obviously no, because like I said, the like I said, the rents are starting to run, and obviously, and also secondhand cars, they their prices have come off a bit, but they're still higher than uh, stubbornly high, I suppose. Yep. But yeah, it's just feeding into core goods now. Um, you know, going to the shops, those those sort of mm. core washing machines, those sort of things, and are, are not coming down. So, and, and things none of us can escape either. Um, yeah, exactly. So those those sort of things are now starting to feed. And that was that process. I think it's that process of, yeah, oil's come down and that's, that's you know, but that's a part of it. It's not everything. Not everything, yeah. sure. So so where does that leave us um, in terms of the next rate rises? So a lot of this market reaction is really, at least from my perspective, is based on anticipation of what the Fed will do next. So you would think three quarters of a percent is a certainty next week now. Yeah. Um, but does this give the Fed room to actually go even bigger? Could they go a full 1%, for example? Yeah, look, obviously that you can see from data if you're watching it overnight. But yeah, there is a pricing. I think it's only about twenty percent pricing of one one percent potential. And look, if you look at what Canada did that back in July, they increased by one percent, which the market was a little bit shocked by that. But they were sort of playing catch up. I honestly believe the mm -hmm. Fed will still stick at seventy five. If they go to one, I think it's a case of that it will potentially scare the market. Mm -hmm. So they want to increase, but I don't think they. And that would still take it to around three point two five. At that, you know, they put bands mm. through that uh, they have, but so it's getting up there. Um, so I think they stick with seventy-five basis points. If they go one, mm. um, uh, one percent. If the market is shrugged, you know, bounces back tomorrow and rallies back um, and sort of brushes it off because of some other commentary, maybe the war starting to come to an end, and that might be a positive for the market. Might start to think, okay, mm. that's going to free up supply trains even more and look the mark like the market puts a positive tilt on it mm. and it rallies and the, then the fed might go okay we can do one and we won't create too much of a meltdown in the market and asset prices i think that that's the only reason i think that's the only reason why you can see one i think 75 if things sort of go along how they are you know the bounce around now we've had that major pullback it might pop up a little bit come back but sort of chop around mm. go down a little bit more but not not do anything dramatic. I think 75 would be what they'll go with. But yeah, there's always the chance if things shape up how they want. Sure. So I just want to dig a little bit further into a part of that response there, because what what do you think, or can you elaborate on what you think about the market's response? Because that was pretty big. So significant sell-offs of the S&P, the NASDAQ, markets all around the world, we're still experiencing that um, today in Australia. Some of these were the biggest crashes since the middle of the COVID crash. So Based on what you're saying there, do you think that's a bit of an overreaction on that number or not? No, I think uh, the market's really just given back what it's rallied in the last six uh, six days. So sure. I think it's it's it, it's just unwinding the rally that went in expecting a strong number, uh, sorry, a soft number, a soft inflation number, uh, or, and showing that the trajectory was down and obviously the trajectory sort of bumped back up again. So I think the market is correct. It's it's unwound, and in Australia today they're doing the same thing. It's unwinding back to that about six days ago when 
crypto started running and then the rest of the market started to run on the back of that. So I think the market's right going forward now, where, how, where we go, have another leg down, uh, keep drifting lower, um, will depend on sort of, I think, market positioning and sort of commentary out of maybe if companies mm -hmm. come out and start saying, oh, things are okay, demand's still there. So while I think demand is still strong, you sort of have a night visa, um, MasterCard, um, sort of talking about how they're not seeing, and also Bank of America, they came out and said um, that things, demand is still quite strong. So I think mm -hmm. it potentially chops around here. Um, but if that demand, well, the market's going to be a forward, in, forward sort of guide, so they might start to position, as in market fall further, um, in the short term because of the thought that we that demand will eventually mm. slow but it depends on how the market takes the and also positioning was very long those have been unwound this is big fund managers so yep big money so that's unwound now overnight maybe there's a little bit more to wash through um so i'd expect a stabilization maybe another two percent down but a chopping around now until um demand or the market takes the view that demand is going to slow so I, I think you've probably already answered this but I'm, I'm just going to dig a little bit further on yeah. one one angle with that um there was there was an um a graphic in the news today looking at comparisons yeah. with 2008 the global financial crisis yeah, so that. when you look at some of those charts and you overlay where we are today yes. um it's it's pretty concerning but I, I get the impression that you don't think that that's a fair comparison uh, well, it's tracked it pretty closely, so I don't know what scale they're using on those sort of things, but I do, I am watching it and conscious of it. Look, I think I give, looking at percentages and trying to position portfolios, I give it about a 20 to 30% chance that we have a GFC type event and something mm -hmm. negative. I mean, there are, obviously, there's a lot of negative things you could argue happening out there, but there are also positives in regards to balance sheets um, and, and va uh, equity mm -hmm. value that consumers have got so i think i'll give it a 20 30 percent chance mm -hmm. of happening uh, i think my base case not i think our base case is that we have a sort of mild recession i think the market overall potentially falls in the us you know test those lows potentially goes lower around that 3000 3400 so a 30 30 to 35 percent pullback in total obviously if we have a gsc type event we're talking 55 percent well, if we are in line with the GFC uh, 2008 mm -hmm. type event. Um, so I, I give it a mild, I think the Fed can pivot, but it'll all come down to, and you know, investors need to understand, it'll come down to how stubborn that inflation is. And if it remains high and doesn't sort of slow, then they will keep raising. And that's going to then, it's going to have to, it's going to slow economies and how that spiraling effect happens in credit markets and what is sort of uh, positioned poorly. And if that starts to blow up, then, you know, then you can get it. So if inflation next prints better and we start to, and there's data showing that, and the economy starts to slow and there's just, everything starts to sort of, China starts to loosen up and you get that, then I don't think you get that big event, but I, I'm not discounting it. I, I definitely, we are positioned very conservatively, the most conservative we've ever been positioned in the 22 years I've been doing it. So, but I'm I'm thinking it's a possibility, but I think base case is we still, and still a 30, 35% pullback is significant. Um, yeah, but it's not necessarily it's painful, GFC. No yeah, it's not a GFC, but I'm not saying, like I said, I'll give it a, it's not a sure thing that it's going to follow that, but um, yeah.
Sure. So, and, and you've sort of answered this about how, how you position there and probably that reflects on how we can position ourselves in this scenario. Um, I know at Gold Silver Standard, we always preach diversification. Um, and that's, I'll probably ask, like to ask about that if you think that's the right play here a little bit more specifically. But um, there was a really interesting line um, in, in the news today talking about uncorrelated diversification where you try and protect yourself in uncorrelated assets. So a traditional balanced fund simply won't provide that sort of protection when you've got broad-based market sell-offs. So how, how do you sort of think about that? Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah. And we've been a court a little bit, we sort of moved heavily into bonds and they've sort of correlated to a degree with the mm. market, not totally, but they had, there is a sense of correlation because rates have gone up more than we'd anticipated. We thought they might go up to around 3%, but you know, the bond market's pricing in 4% or 3.75. Um, so we've been a little bit caught there, but now things should start to play into our favor because the rates are going to start. I mean, there's always a bit of a lag. And that's why I think the bulls are probably pushing back saying that the Fed are going too far. And that mm. applies to Australia as well, that they're not, they're moving too quickly and they're not allowing for um, things to adjust in the economy um, from a demand perspective. Um, so, and that's happened pre-GFC. I remember, um, I mean, sorry, back in the GFC, the RBA raised rates um, when everything was start, sort of going, they increased interest rates to over 7%. Um, at that time, just as things were starting to go pear-shaped. So they have got a track record, central banks, of raising too far. Um, and that's, obviously, we think they're, they're potentially going too far because I don't think they can get to 3.75 to, well, I mean, they're talking 4% in the US. That's a long way up and that's a high, that's, you're talking 65 to 7% on a turn, I mean, a, um, on a, on a variable loan, which is, mm that's that's got to start a and, and we've we've talked about that on on this um segment before because it just at some point becomes unsustainable you tank the, yeah. <laughs> like people simply cannot Something's afford that break mm. and you're going to have a slowdown and then bonds are going to rally because economic growth they're going to be positioning for interest rates being cut so yep. we're heavily in bonds that hasn't been great it's been all right the last six three months sorry three to four it's played out fine um and it's playing out well today uh they're down a little bit but i think they i'm comfortable there um, obviously floating rate notes, obviously gold, we've got a pretty, probably our biggest position since 2008, 2018, we had a very big position in gold. We traded out of it and we're back into it now. And we, we're still, yeah. And it's quite a big position and we're comfortable with that. Just looking at what, how it's played out in previous downturns, gold's always traded either flat or up, um, during, uh, a sort of a market correction. So, um, we're, we're comfortable there. Uh, equities look. If you're in equities, you want to be just focusing on quality and um, moving towards there until you get some sort of clarity. So it's um, equities are difficult. And like you said, from a balanced portfolio, in the last 12 months, you've had equities down and you've had bonds down. But I think- mm, Which is so, I'm, I'm been a double punch, that. yep. Yeah. I'm expecting that. Um, like you can't have everything in gold, you can, you're going to have um, that correlation, I think, is going to start to break down. So you can have there is other options, and obviously, turn deposits provided. Now they're providing a, a return on your capital, actually actually so getting a yield. Yeah, yeah, you're actually getting a yield. So you just want to be really careful what you're going into um, because things may start to break in areas that people had had anticipated um, in that sure. in that debt market. If you're trying to chase high yields there. You'd want to be careful. So, but yeah, gold provides a good silver. It's obviously much more volatile. We haven't played there. 
um, but you know, it's up to the person. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Tim, for coming on to break all this down for us today. Um, we seem to be, from my perspective at least, at a really important sort of juncture for the markets right now. So it's always yeah. good to hear from trusted and balanced voices, <laughs> and you you always offer a balanced voice there about what to expect and how to position. So we look forward to you're our welcome. next chat as we see how the next leg unfolds. Yeah, you're welcome. Great. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks, Chris. Brilliant insights as always. Thank you so much, Tim, for being on the show. Chris, I'll see you on the next one. And if you, the audience, would like to continue the conversation with Chris, right after this video is uploaded, Chris will be on the Discord channel. So head over to discord.gg forward slash gold. That's discord.gg forward slash gold to ask your questions for the next sort of hour, hour or two after the video is uploaded. Of course, I always want you to like, share and subscribe to the Ainsley Bullion YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ainsley Bullion, and also check out goldsilverstandard.com. As always, as we say here at the end, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world. Take care. We'll see you next time.